Welcome to the Unbound Healing Podcast. I'm Anne-Marie Garland, nutritional therapist and health coach at Grass-Fed Salsa, and with me is my co-host Michelle Hoover, certified nutritional therapy practitioner and writer of everything you'll find at Unbound Wellness. Here we share everything about overcoming health challenges from autoimmunity to hormone imbalance and more with holistic living, mindset shifts, practical tips, and a real food paleo approach. Remember our disclaimer, the content within this podcast is intended to provide general information and is not to be substituted for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, Michelle, how's it going? Good, good. Really hot over here, but other than that, good. Yeah, How are it you? Is, it's more humid in Kansas than it is in Austin, which sort of surprised me. And so yeah. even though it's not like quite as hot here, it feels really freaking hot. What's and the I feel like here? when you're in the 90s, like mid 90s, upper 100, like lower 100s, you know, it's kind of all the same anyway. It just feels really hot. Yeah, it's just hot. But yeah, people are always like, you're complaining about the weather. You're talking about the weather. It's like, yes, it determines whether or not I can like go outside. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It's, it's going to be 106 here this week, I think. And it's just like, that's brutal. Like, how can I not talk about that and be bummed about that? Like, I am not loving it. But to me, when it gets to this, I already go into like my protective pumpkin spice mode. It's protective. Like, yeah. This is like my way of adapting. This is like my my adrenal response towards hot weather is that my body is like, okay, I'm going to like help you cope with this by just thinking about pumpkin spice. I made a pumpkin recipe yesterday, obviously not to post now, but to post in the future for something for something else. And I'm like, oh, this is getting me through the day. That's hilarious. We, um, I w- was just driving to the mall a little bit ago and I was thinking to myself like, oh, I should buy some nice cozy boots for this fall and maybe even some hunter rain boots finally. You know, like I was yeah. thinking of all these things about fall weather. Ugh. I actually will have a fall now. Oh, I'm so jealous. I need to come see you. I'm so excited. Well, once we get our house, um, you should come see me. Yeah. I'll be in Paris at the end of September. So that may be a fall. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. I wonder what their weather is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little cooler than Dallas. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it'll be. I was in Italy uh, same time a couple years ago this time. But anyway, so uh, updates. Uh, The main update that I have that I haven't, while, while we're recording this, I haven't had a chance to share this yet. But I. This the my last two things that I talked about that I was like loving were both beauty counter things, and it's, this is not an ad for beauty counter. <laughs> this is just like I legitimately do like this thing, and as consultants, like we don't get the beauty counter stuff for free. Like we get it at a discount, but we still buy it. So I bought the new beauty counter makeup. For, and wore it to my brother-in-law's wedding, which was this past Friday. And oh my gosh, I loved it so much. I got the the classics palette. I got the the eyeliner, which I loved. I got the bronzer. Like I got a new lipstick, and I was just. It was so much fun to have that really bold stuff because. I don't know that natural stuff. It's usually just not as pigmented. And I had versions of those that I liked in other brands, but I wasn't as in love with it as I am with this stuff. So I, what I did is I, I saved a lot of my old, like not as clean makeup. Like I still have an old naked palette. I'm pretty sure I still have like an old bronzer. Um, I got rid of all my Mac lipsticks, but I'm going to swatch like the naked palette with the new beauty counter palette and see like how they compare because they're pretty comparable. Yeah. I shouldn't have thrown away all my, I'm thinking what I'm going to do is like go to the mall into the Mac store and just like swatch a bunch on my arm, like run out (laughs) and bring my beauty counter makeup in my purse and like take a picture in the mall and be like, look, because it really is comparable. Like I really have not found any lipsticks that work as well as like those color intense ones. And I just felt 
So it, it was just so much fun to go to a, like a fancy like black tie type event like that in like really intense makeup that I just really loved. So that's my update that I was just like loving that whole experience. And I mean, it didn't hurt that I bought, I rented a rent the runway dress and like had my hair done and everything like that, that helped. But even by itself, I was obsessed with that stuff. So I recommend it. Yeah. The great thing about it too, I've been wearing it to work every day. So you can even make it oh, yeah. have, like really great colors. They're, the classic is like a lot of gold tones. So it's just like a lot of really warm tones that you can totally wear every single day. Oh yeah. It's daily wear stuff. But what's cool about it is that it's like daily wear, but it's so pigmented. So depending on like how you do it, it can yeah. be like really intense or just like fun day wear. So I love just like a beautiful eyeshadow palette like that. So I'm excited with that. Yeah. Well, my, my, <laughs> that was my update slash what I was loving. My update kind of goes along with that. It's, um, I started a detox Facebook group. So my whole life detox hashtag on Instagram, I'm kind of transferring it over to Facebook just so that the content I can kind of like tag people in when they ask questions about it, because I get that. I get like the kind of the similar questions a lot. So rather than putting it in Instagram where it'll kind of yeah. like disappear, I now have a different place to focus on it. And that's also where I'll be sharing like if I have any beauty counter promos, they'll all be within that group. So it's a great place to go. We'll link to it in the show notes if you're interested. But I also talked in there about, I, I posted in there about um, makeup and beauty counters specifically, but just about how if you've been following me on Instagram, you probably have realized that I've been talking a lot about beauty counter skincare, but not so much about their makeup. And that's not to say that I didn't like their makeup. There are certain products that I really liked, but then there were others that just didn't perform that well. And yeah, I'm I not the really... type of person that's going to talk about a product that I don't truly love and feel like anybody out there would love. Um, so I just didn't really talk about it. But then once these came out, um, I was able to get them just like a, a week or two early and they stay on like the blush literally stays on all day. And that's one of the, one yeah. of the products before I had the cream blusher that I loved the way it went on and I loved the way it looked, but then it would only stay on my skin for like maybe two hours before I'd need to either reapply it or just didn't have any blush on anymore. And so the fact that they now have another safer product that truly lasts all day and like performs really well and is in beautiful colors is just really exciting. Yeah. So I'm with you there. I agree. And I the, agree. So those are my, my updates. Um, and it goes, both of those go along with today's topic, which yeah. I also want to talk about, but I want to get really I'm just going to be completely honest um, and go kind of vulnerable here. But I... Your walls are down. Huh? Are your walls down? My walls are down. Are you on this podcast for the right reasons? Seriously, because people... There are people out there that are going to judge me about this. And I kind of don't care. I want to be honest. And I want people to know that just because I'm in this world and I'm creating an ebook around detox and I am all about safer skincare products that not everything I use is completely perfect. So I was looking around for it to see if it's in this room, but it's not. Um, so I'm just going to go off of memory. But when I mentioned just a second ago that I ran to the mall, it was to go into Sephora. And I went in there and I'd love to say that I just went in there to grab a eyelash curler, which I did. But the other product that I was grabbing was a chemical filled shampoo. And the reason being, I have been getting my hair done, my hair dyed, uh, highlighted, partial highlights for like three, three or four years, maybe in Austin at an Aveda salon, which uses in the grand scheme of things, better products than most salons, yeah. but still not 100% clean products. But I didn't yeah. use bleach, nothing. So I came to a Nevada salon here in Kansas and didn't realize until after, even though I told her that they didn't use a bleach on my hair before and gave her the formula that she used bleach on my hair mm. and she kind of ruined it. It was like, uh. it was the worst. I, I'm like, I am too old to go around 
the world um with a bad hair color like I'm just yeah. too old I've had bad hair color not feeling it. Yeah. like at this point in my life I just feel like I shouldn't be going around and I thought about as like okay I'm gonna go back have her fix it and just have her do an all-over go like go back to my natural color like an all-over dark color I'm just gonna do that so I went in and talked to her about it and she's like girl I think that it's just gonna like why don't I just fix the splotchy parts because she like totally missed it was like blonde on my roots and then dark where my old roots were mm. and blonde at the ends like she didn't totally fill my roots it was just the weirdest thing so she's like let me just fix this if if I do a dark on it now it's going to you're gonna run the risk of it breaking off so uh. she like fixed it but now it's like really brassy so mm. I specifically went into Sephora to get a purple shampoo to take the brass out. Now I looked at the ingredients and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm using this on my hair. But what I realized was that I am doing so many other things in my life that mm -hmm. I'm comfortable using this one product that probably ranks a nine on the EWG clean living app because I'm doing, I have so many other things in place to reduce toxins and I'm going to up all of the things that I do to help my body get rid of toxins. And it tells you to leave the product on your hair and on your scalp for up to five minutes. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to put it on um, just my hair itself, not on the actual scalp oh, because it yeah. has SLS in it. Yeah. You don't need it there. No. That and that helps SLS helps the product absorb into your skin, which I didn't yeah. want to do. So I'm just going to coat my hair um, probably just like more around my face and I'm just going to use it until it gets the brass out. And then I am literally not even going to donate it. I'm going to throw it away. Mm. And in a couple months I'm going back to my natural color and just done. So it's what's your natural like, color. What was that? What's your natural color? Um, it's actually, it's underneath here. So it's, it's not like a brown. Yeah. It's not like, it's kind of like a, a really light brown. Mm. Um, so I'm I'll just gonna like your Facebook and find it. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I have, I have a photo I can send you that has like my natural color in it. Um, it was like <laughs> when I, first I don't know why I'm interested. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think like, it's almost at this point, it's like, this was a good thing. I'm glad this happened because yeah. in the grand scheme of things, I am getting more of a toxic exposure now through having to use this nasty shampoo, but in the long term, if this gets me back to my natural color, it was almost like a learning lesson that I needed to have to get me back yeah. to my natural color and hopefully I'll be good from there. Yeah. And don't just go to any Aveda salon thinking they're going to be good stylists. Yeah. Oh. No. Oh my gosh. Yeah. St hair, finding a good hairstylist as a woman is just uh, so, it, it's so paramount. Yeah. If, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was great that you said that because I think it's I think it's so important to remember that like we could even go through all of these things of like oh, you know, get all these things in your home and put all these things on your skin and such and such, but you know, you could still walk into the mall or church or where or a restaurant or wherever and it's like they're just using all sorts of crap. Right. Like you could do things the amazing 99% of the time. And it's like, you just have to use this product or you just have to go to this place. You just have to sleep in this hotel. Like think of all the crap that's in hotels and like on planes. And it's like, it just happens. Like it's really not like, unless you walk away from it getting sick afterwards, then yes, that is an unpleasant experience and you want to find a way to cut down your exposure. But we can only do so much in modern day. So I think that's so important to open with of, you know, all of these things, it, sound, it can sound like, oh my gosh, well, I do all this stuff and then I still get sick. Like what, what's going to happen? It's, you know, we can only do so much, but right. it's so important. If we want to live healthy lives all together, it's important to have this base foundation of like that 80-20, you know? Right. And that's the thing. I truly feel like for several years now, I have been like a hundred percent. I would say maybe 99% like clean living. And so that's yeah. why I feel like at this point in my life, 
I can add this one thing back in. I'll test it. If I don't respond well to it, if there's any negative reactions at all, I will live with the brassy hair until I can get it back to my natural color. But from now, I do feel comfortable adding in this one product, doing it in isolation and moving on. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the actual topic. Today, we are covering detoxing your home. And this is something, if you guys are interested in this, please let us know and we will cover kind of more areas of your life that you can detoxify. But for right now, we thought, I've been mentioning this as I've been, I've been mentioning on Instagram as I've been searching for a house and I think even here a little bit as well. Yeah. Just about like, all the things that you're exposed to in your house, in these houses. And um, anyway, I've been getting a lot of questions about it and a lot of messages. And so it seems like people are interested. I'm also doing a Facebook live in that detox Facebook group around the same topic. I'm going to cover a little bit more about mold in that Mm. particular um, context. So if you're interested in that, again, you can watch or you can go to the show notes join the Facebook group and watch the video. Okay. So for today, we are going to start by talking about, this goes along with what I was just talking about, and that is reducing your toxic exposure in the places that you can control it. And this is going to be the same no matter what area of your life we're talking about, whether it's home, skincare, beauty, there are always going to be things that are not within your control that you're exposed to. You can never live a completely toxin-free life unless you're in the middle of nowhere, like going back to like the village, like M. Night Shyamalan's The Village. So if you live in that kind of then there's other issues. Yeah. Hold everything. Um, And even then, it's still like, you know, you can't really go back in time. So there's still going to be pollution and um, just like the, our soil may not have been, I don't, this is opening a can of worms. So we're going to get away from yeah, the village it's topic, just, but you literally <laughs> cannot get away from it. <laughs> so there is an importance there to reduce it in places that you can control it. And what, whatever that may be, whether it's like all the time, if that's what you want, to try to do, or if it's just like partial time, but making sure that you're slowly transitioning your products and the things that you bring into your house um, so that you can start to reduce your overall toxic burden because you have control over those things. All right. The first area that, and these were actually questions that came in from Instagram. So I thought I would go ahead and start there and then we could cover a few other topics as well. And Michelle, you can chime in whenever. But the first one I wanted to talk about, somebody asked about buying air filters. I have always known that you need to change your air filters pretty consistently. And I feel like ever since I first moved out of my parents' house, I knew that. And I don't know how I had that information. But apparently, not everybody realizes this. And the Mm. reason why I've found out about people not knowing about this is James and I are currently under contract on a house here in Austin or in where are you where am I and and the inspector said that the air filters for both the heating and the AC look like they've never been changed like they are Mm -hmm. absolutely filthy filthy and I was like shocked I'm like who is this woman that we are buying a house from And he's like, actually, this is like 99% of the houses I inspect have disgusting air filters. So if there is anything you guys can do, it is to buy a $50 air filter three to four months and change that bad baby. And you can get cheap. Daniel just did it like this week. (laughs) Right. You can, you can totally get cheaper ones. Yeah. We personally would buy... I think we would spend, and maybe they weren't $50. Maybe it was 50 for two of them, but we would buy a really great one on Amazon and we would order it on the subscription so that it would come and we would make sure that we always had one. And like every, every three months we would change it out. 
Now, the other things that I wanted to talk about with that specifically would be the duct cleaning. Now, if you've never had the ducts, ducts cleaned in your house, it is really, really inexpensive. And I think for like around, I would say around like a thousand square feet, it's probably about a hundred dollars. Um, so if you go up to, you know, I, I would guess that they probably just go off of every 1000 square feet. It's a hundred dollars. And you can get discounted duct cleanings from like Sears. So just do a quick Google search and find find out where those are. Annual duct cleanings would be really, really ideal. But at the bare minimum, I would suggest getting it done when you buy a new house because you don't know how long it's been since, since they did it before that. Otherwise, I would do at least every couple of years. So just kind of get it on your calendar to have that consistent duct cleaning and make sure that you're getting any mold growth, any mold spores that are in your ducts will then be cleared out and um, any dust particles, uh, animal hair, pet hair, skin cells, like everything is going to be in these air ducts. So it's really an amazing thing to get cleaned and so inexpensive. I'm going to learn a lot this episode. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really powerful thing to do. Yeah. And with air filters, there are different sizes. So if you've never changed your air filter, do not fret. Um, there are different sizes. It'll say directly, there's like a little flap underneath your HVAC unit, and it'll have the size of the air filter in there. And it's usually like, 14 by 20 by one or something like that. And so then you can just go into Amazon, type it in. I recommend not buying the cheapest option, but maybe you don't want to invest in the most expensive option either. And yeah, switch it out. Now, if you live in an apartment, a lot of apartments will switch those for you. So you can actually just call maintenance and ask them to switch it or ask them if they do switch it. You can also, depending on the maintenance and, you know, who your landlord is, you could also ask them to get the ducts cleaned before you move into the apartment itself. And that's a really great thing to do because you can kind of use it as leverage. Like, oh, I really like this apartment. I'd totally love to move in. I have really bad allergies. Would you be, like, would you be open to clean, getting the ducts cleaned for me? And then you don't even have to pay for it. The... Next thing I would talk about kind of in the same realm of air filters would be servicing your HVAC unit. This isn't necessarily to reduce tox toxins per se, but if your HVAC unit isn't, if the thing that vents outside of your house isn't clean or if it's not running efficiently, then you aren't going to be clearing out those toxins through your air ducts and through your air filter. So having those serviced every single year, I, I would just suggest doing it in the summer and then again in the winter for each unit. And that should be good. And you'll also make sure that your those two appliances will last a lot longer if you're having them serviced regularly. Okay, um, the next thing I had requested and, or somebody requested, and that I have a personal story for, I hope you guys don't get sick of the personal stories. No, okay. I love that. <laughs> Is EMF and Wi-Fi exposure. So two personal stories about this one in regards to buying our house right now. One house that we are looking at, we actually went and visited it like three times. We saw signs of water damage, which is why we were like continuously going back and trying to see, does it smell like mold? Mm -hmm. um, we didn't, that was one house that we personally did not see any mold, like evidence of mold, but we did see water damage. Like we saw a little bit of mm -hmm. spots on the ceiling that you could tell there was like a water leak at some point. There was, and the reason why I'm going into this is I did have a lot of questions when I mentioned how we saw um, potential for mold or mold in every single house we looked at. And people asked tons of questions about that. Like, what, what did you see? James and I are both really sensitive to mold. We've both lived in places with mold. I've actually lived in three places with mold now. Two of them made me really, really sick. And so we're both very sensitive to it. And we have like a strong eye out now for any mold issue so that we can be proactive about it. So we go into the house and like spend an 
maybe even an hour in any house that we're interested in, like looking with our flashlight on our phone, like looking in closets, looking everywhere. And in a lot of cases, you will see it. Like I saw it on the second story of one house in a closet and it literally looked like black mold. And I was like, let's get the heck out of this. Yeah. We had some, when we were house hunting, it's like, we came in, it's like, this house is great. And it's like one of the yeah, it looked like black, like the half of one of the ceilings in one of the rooms. It was just like all mold and water damage. I'm like, you're kidding me? And they're like, oh, they can come and clean that. You know, we'll just like now. I'm not. We're get leaving. Right. It's bad. Yeah, it's really yeah, it's bad. Not happening. We're just and not this. There's basements in Kansas, and basements are notorious for leaking, oh, yeah. whether they're new construction or old. So that's another area that we're seeing in a lot. But we did see evidence of it on the walls. There's something called um, fluorescence that on like a basement foundation wall, like in any unfinished area of your house, it's kind of like a a white like powder that forms and it's calcification. So it's the minerals coming out of the ground and through the water and through the foundation walls. So if you see that, then that's a sign that there is moisture in there and you can start looking for other signs of mold like on the rafters, for example, might have signs of mold. So these are just areas. But again, I'm going to be going more into that in the Facebook group video. So you can, if you're interested in this, you can go there and listen to it. Cool. Wi-Fi and EMF. Oh my gosh, I got totally off topic. Okay, back wow. to Wi-Fi and EMF. So one oh, house we went, we went to multiple times. We loved it, but there were gigantic radio towers within about a quarter mile um, from the house itself. Now, in doing research, radio waves are actually a lot worse than like a cell phone tower uh, waves. Supposedly, they're a lot stronger. But we also found out that these towers tend to emit up more than out. So the other thing that you have to think about is there are cell phone towers so consistently across the U.S. that it's kind of hard to get away from it at all. But our big hesitation was just that we didn't want to have that exposure right by us because we didn't know the long-term effects of it. And even like the Leukemia Foundation in, I think in Australia, suggests not living near those just because they do not, there is a slight increase in instances of leukemia with children if they live near these um, cell towers. Mm. Now, the house that we are under contract in does have a high voltage box in the backyard. And that is one thing that we are researching the heck out of and we're pretty nervous about it. So this is something, again, that you probably don't even realize what they are or where they are. In walking around my parents' neighborhood where we're standing right, or where we're staying right now they're like about every 0.1 miles there's one of these big high voltage boxes and now in newer construction they put it towards the roadside but in older homes and older neighborhoods they have them in the backyards of people's houses and the interesting thing is here right before we left austin we had somebody knock on our door like right before we left austin and it was a spec, it was the internet company. And they were like, hey, the internet box for the entire neighborhood is in your backyard. And we were like, no, it isn't. And turns out that their map said it was in our backyard. It was actually in the backyard right behind us. So unknowingly for two years, we are living with this right by us. So we actually kind of like that it's in our yard and we know it's there because we can take measures to protect ourselves against it. So we can put like a steel box around it We're doing all this research on what to do for that. If you're interested, reach out to me. I can send you the link to what we are purchasing for that. If we end up buying this house, there's still a lot of things up in the air with it. But for other things that you can do, really simple things that you can do would be to just turn your Wi-Fi router off at night when you are not using it. Mm -hmm. And a really easy way to do that, if you can't get yourself in the habit of turning that off at night is to buy a timer and have it set for say midnight to automatically shut the the power off to your power strip. And the cool thing is there, like it's almost, um, 
it almost would like help you to just reduce your exposure to blue light past yeah. a certain time too. You know, it's, it's almost like a, I guess I can't think of the right word, but it's like an accountability thing, you know? It it's, is, yeah. It kills yeah. two birds with one stone. Exactly. It. And yeah. it turns it off every night at say midnight and then could turn it on again at 8 a.m. or however you want to set that timer. But that would be a really inexpensive thing. You would just plug it into your outlet and then you would plug your power strip into that. Now, if you have like an Alexa or I think that's what they're called, um, you could, Alexa also has things that you can plug into outlets and then you can tell her, turn off my turn off my router, whatever, and it'll turn off that outlet. Um, the other thing you can do is to put your phone on airplane mode as much as possible, especially when it's within your reach. I, I put it on airplane mode every single night and I try not to have it on my body, touching my body as much as possible, as much as I can. Now, of course, mm -hmm. it's going to be in my hand and it's touching me then. But if it's um, like if I'm standing, so the other day I was at work and we had an event where we were standing for about 45 minutes and I had it in my back pocket. So I put it on airplane mode, put it in my back pocket so it wasn't constantly pulling uh, data and giving me that EMF exp exposure. Now mm -hmm. I will say that the paleo mom supposedly in her podcast just talked about how EMF exposure is not as harmful as I personally believe that it is. I haven't mm -hmm. listened to her podcast, but I'm all about educating myself on both sides of the coin. Yeah. So it is something that I plan on doing. And if you are worried about Wi-Fi and EMF exposure, I would suggest you do the same thing. So I will find that podcast episode and link to it in the show notes and you can listen to it there. Do you the have podcast anything? is called The Paleo View. Yes. Do you have anything you want to add to that? I don't think so. I have some other, if you want to take a break from schooling me, I could talk about some things that I know. I, I, I don't know yeah. if I know more than you about them, but some things that I have recently researched. Do you want to talk about that one? I just highlighted yeah, it. Yeah. So okay. cleaning products is one thing that's really important because those can kind of be ground zero for just junk that we put around our environment. And I was really bad about this, that I would just go to the store and buy whatever was cheap. And I would be like, oh, like this, I won't drag any brands, but you know, just all the brands that we know of like cleaning brands. I was like, oh, that's really good. Like, it's really good. You like, you watch commercials for these things and they make it look like it's just the most amazing thing. It's like, save yourself from salmonella. Like, this is the only thing that will stop it. I was like, Yeah. So I was really into that. And it's only been recently that I've cleaned that stuff up a little bit more. And honestly, we're still not a thousand percent. I care about this a little bit more than Daniel does. And, um, but he's, he's really good about it too, though. So maybe we're both just not as committed as we could be about it, but we're pretty good. So one brand that I actually worked with um, for a, a, a partnership a while ago that I wound up really liking their products a ton and using it uh, long-term with still what we use is Aunt Fanny's. And they now sell in Target and they sell online. And I, I think there's a few other places that they sell, but uh, they, they started out of, you know, their the owner's son had eczema issues and things like that. And that's how they started. So it's good, safe stuff. Um, Norwex is another one that's good. I've used that stuff before. And then there's tons of recipes out there for like homemade cleaning supplies, homemade uh, dish soap and homemade, you know, just using vinegar to wipe down your counters. There's lots of stuff out there like that. Do you have any more that you want to call out? Yes. I, I like Branch Basics. Now, Branch Basics is a really cool kind of option. It is you buy like a concentration of the product. So you, you invest a lot more upfront, but then it oh, goes yeah. a mm -hmm. long way. So you, then you just mix it into the bottles that they give you. And, um, it's just like you mix a tiny bit of the concentration and it, yeah, goes a really long way. Branch basics is great. If we're buying from natural grocers, like if we just need 
something, you know, we don't want to order it. We typically get seventh generation, but my suggestion with seventh generation is just to be a little bit careful with it because some of them are really clean, but they also have some that do not rank well. And another one that doesn't rank well or that I would just say to be cautious of is um, Myers brand. And that's one that's mm-hmm. at Target a lot. And again, full disclosure, I buy their hand soap if I'm in a pen shirt or anything like that. But it is a fragranced product. It is just another one that maybe has a little bit of what in the interior design industry, we call it greenwashing. And greenwashing is just a brand or product that claims to be really clean and maybe isn't quite as clean as it it could be. So I kind of find that Myers to be falling under that category. Same with like the Method brand from Target, just a little bit more of that greenwashing. So it is a step in the right direction if that's what you have have access to, but um, I highly encourage finding things online if you're in that situation where you don't have access to a natural grocers or a Whole Foods, and that way you can purchase some of these other things. I really like the Norwex options. James does not, but I have a bunch of the cleaning cloths. And what I really like about Norwex, which you mentioned, is that you don't have to use product to clean with it. It's a microfiber that has like silver in it that cleans. And so you don't have to use like a spray. You just do water and one of these cloths and um, like they've tested it with, uh, like you can do a protein swipe on like if you rub raw chicken on your countertop and then wipe it with like clean it with a conventional chemical spray um versus a norwex and it's like the same it it Mm -hmm. really does a lot a big thing that i would say here is if it has like a poison control label on the bottle you might want to try to avoid it (laughs) so the radio lab podcast is a podcast that I really enjoy. They kind of just talk about random stuff and they did a poison control episode and I was like, oh, this would be a good one to reference in the future. And here it is totally relevant. Mm-hmm. It was an interesting podcast. If you want to, if you ever want to check that it out. Sounds interesting. Yeah. Do you so, want to talk yeah. about the next one? Yeah. So something I wanted to talk about that we just have, we just have notes here of talking points that we all want to touch on. So, um, we moved into an old house. We went from living in a brand new like loft apartment to moving into a house that was in, like the fifties. And it was it's well maintained. I mean, somebody flipped it before we bought it, but there were there's concerns with that of all of the new stuff. And then there's concerns of the old stuff. And lead is very much of a thing. So I listened to a podcast of the Stuff You Should Know podcast. It's one of my favorites. And they did an episode all on lead um, that was really helpful. And if you live in an old house, it very well could be a thing. So um, there's testing for that for sure. I got some good... (laughs) My testing for it was I got uh, hair mineral analysis right after I moved into this house and I had no lead issues. And then I got a follow up and I still didn't have any. So I'm like, okay, we're good. But some of the things that you want to look out for with lead, a lot of it is like, if it's in the paint and you paint over it, um, it's a different story than your windows. So that's one of the, if you have old windows that are painted, a lot of the times they are that they'll paint over like the window panes and you're constantly chipping that paint. Like you're constantly uh, every time you open the window, like it chips the paint a little bit and those particles are coming out into the air. So that's just something that I thought that was really interesting that I was like, I definitely want to think about that. Our windows were all brand new, but if you have a house with older windows or if you're in an apartment with older windows, um, that's something to think about. And then if you're gardening in a neighborhood with older houses, so Daniel and I have a garden, it was supposed to be a vegetable garden, but then it just kind of became like a squirrel CSA and um, our neighborhood squirrels enjoyed a lot of free onions from us. 
is really what Aaron didn't do. Like I just watched the squirrels carry off all of our onions. I'm like, okay, bye. So that's what it turned into. But uh, we were like, oh, I was like, oh, let's just, you know, plant in the ground. Like, why would we do a container? My husband was like, well, no, because this is an old neighborhood. And like, there was probably lead paint. And even if there's not in our house, there could have been in somebody's house. And that stuff is just kind of in the air. It's in the ground. Like, it's probably not a great idea to just go into the normal dirt. And I looked it up and they were definitely like, yeah, you actually don't. And you can actually take a sample of the soil in your yard. And there's tons of universities that use that as like a class projects that they'll like test the sample. And that was really cool. So we never did that just because we're like, oh, whatever, we'll just get a container and get like organic dirt. And then we just fed a lot of squirrels with it. So it really wasn't worth anything. But that's just something if you live in an old house and you've never thought about that before and you have a garden, um, just something to think about. Perfect. I loved those. Yeah. All right. Another question that I was asked was about buying furniture and what to avoid, where to start. Now, admittedly, with buying furniture, we have only purchased a non-toxic mattress is the only piece of furniture that we have as of yet purchased in kind of like a green context. Now, there, there are a few things to think about when you're considering buying furniture. There is sustainability of the wood species is like itself. And then there is the off-gassing of the materials that are used within that piece of furniture. And just because it contains like it, just because the piece of furniture has considered one of those aspects doesn't mean that it's considered both. An example of this would be products from a store called West Elm. Now, I'm not saying anything bad about West Elm. It's a great store. I have plenty of their furniture in my house. But they claim some of their pieces will be like eco-friendly or I'm, I'm trying to remember the label they use. But it's some, it's some sort of like green label that they give their products. And in their case, because I have one of them, it is a veneered piece and I can guarantee that the adhesive that they used for that wood veneer is not no VOC. It is in some way contributing an off-gassing to the room. Now, the wood itself may have been responsibly raised and harvested. Maybe the company that like toward, you know, cut down those trees, then had to come back into the ground and like um, replenish it. So plant trees for every one tree that it cut down. Or I know mine isn't bamboo, but bamboo is like a very fast growing, a very fast growing wood. And so that's why it's considered like an eco-friendly option. Same with eucalyptus. Eucalyptus is a beautiful wood and it is very fast growing. And it's one that I would, I would highly, highly recommend looking for eucalyptus wood because I think it's just a beautiful option compared to something like bamboo, which is just kind of a basic option. This um, is a tangent, but <laughs> sorry. At my um uh my brother in law's wedding, they had eucalyptus as like part of their flowers and my sister in law this was like pre any anything and she was like gnawing on the eucalyptics like I'm a koala. It was using <laughs> eucalyptics that I just had my sister in law in in my mind. Love it. It's funny. This is all about the personal stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why people listen to people talking rather than just read articles online. I hope so. I hope you guys that's don't why mind I listen. Stories. That's why I listen. Um, so with mattresses, when it comes down to mattresses, and I have talked about this before, but just to keep it all in one place for people, I we went to a place called Austin Natural Mattress. You could do a Google search. I would recommend going to Yelp or Google Reviews and finding a store in your area that you trust. We used a brand called Posh and Lavish. I'll link to them here. And this is a very timely post because we bought it last year for the 4th of July. It was a product that we had been saving up for for almost three or four years, three years. And... I definitely, definitely recommend it. Now, I can't say that we overnight realized like, oh my gosh, this is making such a difference. But it's just one of those things that we spend so much time 
so much of our lives sleeping on this thing and being face down right next to it that why wouldn't I want to reduce the chemicals in that mattress? So we chose the Posh and Lavish mattress. The reason why I suggest the 4th of July, dang it, is past. Um, Labor Day is the next holiday coming up that you would want to look out for. always going to be another holiday. They will, they will definitely be having a sale. And if you take in a prescription from your doctor or from your health practitioner for a clean mattress, you can get tax-free, which on a big mm. purchase is significant. And you can... You can also cool. offer to pay like cash or check because then they can reduce credit card fees running through and that can get you a discount. Just talk them down. I mean, we got our mattress, I would guess about like close to 50% off list price coupled with all the different options that we chose. So, okay. So there's that. That's mattresses. Now the next one that we personally are going to focus on is our sofa. So the next sofa that we buy, we are going to purchase a non-toxic sofa. And with furniture, this is one where it gets tricky with upholstered and um, like filled furniture where there's like a cushion involved. It gets a little bit tricky in the off-gassing aspect. What I mean by that is when it comes to like a wooden piece of furniture, like a credenza for your television set or a dresser, finding a vintage piece is actually a great option because it likely will have off-gassed a lot of those harmful chemicals in the beginning. But with things that are filled, like upholstered furniture where it has a cushion or um, it's a sofa, that's where those types of off-gassing can actually break, those mattresses and cushions can break down over time and actually get worse. So that's where just finding like a used piece isn't necessarily the best option. So to recap that, um, things that we do is we try to find vintage pieces when it's like a wooden piece and then we buy a non-toxic option if it's an upholstered piece. So our next our next place to go to is a new sofa, and we will likely go to um, Crate and Barrel has some good non-toxic options. There's um, a place called, I just gapped the name. Do you have anything to add to this? And I could research the names of the brands. Mm. If not, I can just <laughs> link to them. <laughs> this is another thing that we have not been that great with just because it's, uh, it's expensive to buy new things. <laughs> okay. I, I don't got, know. I pulled we it up really quickly. Prices. Yes. And you're right. It is expensive to buy these we types of things. around to it yet. Yeah. Just because like when we moved into this house, it's like we were, you know, just paying for the house and not, we haven't gotten to that whole thing with new furniture yet. We were, I mean, that was something that we were working on prioritizing, but then our water heater broke and that was thousands of dollars and our oven broke and, and it's just, we'll get around to it. Yes. It's a big deal. So the other brands that I was thinking of, there was Crate and Barrel, um, Burrow is B-U-R-R-O-W is another one. And then there is, let me go back. Um, STEM goods is the other option. And those are just three different places that we're going to look. Honestly, I'm probably going to go to Crate and Barrel because I can actually go to a store and test it out rather than ordering a product that, you know, I have to order online without ever sitting in. But the, the main thing that you're wanting to try to avoid here is the fire retardants. So yeah. for both a mattress and for a sofa, it would be the fire retardants. Oh, and room and board is another one, but room and board is pretty dang spendy. So be careful with that. Um, let's see if there's anything else. Oh, Ikea. Ikea is actually a really, really great option for a lot of things. Now they do use laminates, but Ikea's products are manufactured not in the United States and they're, um, they're known in other countries to be like a cleaner option. So if you can, there are certain sofas at their store that are less toxic. So that would be another place, like they're manufactured without flame retardants. So that'd be another place for you to look. All right, let's see. 
Um, on that same kind of topic, one thing that we were we were kind of looking for when we were looking for houses was a fixer upper. Now the house we're under contract on now is not a fixer upper, but we were really open to that. And part of that is because we didn't want to be purchasing a home that had a bunch of like our last home had a bunch of very like house flipper style finishes because oh, yeah. of the price like point. House. You... Yeah. And honestly, it was fine. We lived in that house for two years. I felt fine. It was like all the finishes were brand new. When we first got them, we kind of like waited for it to air out a little bit. But if it's going to be a house that I plan to live in for the rest of my life or for an extended period of my life, then I do want to make sure that the products are a little bit cleaner. So the finishes that you would want to avoid if you are in the middle of a renovation would be laminate flooring. Now, laminate flooring is one where it, it's produced with phthalates and phthalates are endocrine disruptors. It's one product that Home Depot, I believe, or maybe it's Lowe's or maybe it's both, have now banned all um, laminate floorings from their store if they contain phthalates. So you can make sure that if you're purchasing your flooring, your laminate flooring from Home Depot, that it is phthalate free, which is great. And that's a step in the right direction. The problem with laminate floorings is it's now shown that or studies are now showing that that product does not stop off gassing. So for its entire life cycle, the entire time that is in your house, it is going to be an off gassing material. And that's very different from a lot of others. Like a lot of other products you could like, like collect the product and leave it in your garage unboxed for a period of time and assume that most of the VOCs, which stands for volatile organic compounds, have off gassed away from the product. But with laminate flooring, it does not. So even though it's a lot less expensive than hardwood floors, my suggestion to you would be to find a product that is an unfinished hardwood floor. I really like white oak and we were finding it from Lumber Liquidators was the product that we were looking at. I'm not sure if it's a nationwide product or not, but we're going to get an unfinished white oak floor and then seal it ourselves with a water-based sealant. So that was going to be a fairly decent option. Um, you could also do like a tile floor. If you really like tile, that would be another option. And then if you are doing carpet, uh, the carpets that you would want to avoid would be anything with flame retardants. And I believe for it to be sold in the United States, the only way you can sell a flame retardant free carpet would be if it is a wool fiber fiber. And that's because wool itself is a natural flame retardant. Um, so those would be the options to look for for flooring. And then the other material I would say to avoid, and this is because it's a little bit just easier and uh, um, probably a little more relevant to the average person, is paint. So at some point in your life, you're likely going to paint a wall in your home or your apartment or something, and you can request a no VOC paint. Now you may go in and just be like, oh, I don't want to be too needy or too like too green. And so you may ask for a low VOC paint, but there are no VOC paints out there. So why even go for a low VOC paint? I don't even know why they exist anymore. Mm -hmm. I like to use Bayer Premium Plus is the brand I like to use. And Home Depot often has uh, mail-in rebates for them. So you can get like $10 off a gallon, but it's not that expensive. No VOCs. They can color match any color under the sun. And yeah, it's great. Okay. The last thing would be clearing those VOCs from a new build. Now, again, this was a question that came in from Instagram and the person apparently is buying a new home, but there is also like clearing the VOCs from any home. And what I would recommend there first off would be to bring in plants. Now plants are going, there aren't always, okay. So not every single plant is going to help detoxify the air. There are, there is a list of plants that you can use. I've listed all of them in my Instagram account. If you want to look back, there's plants in the photo, but um, it's also in that Facebook group 
and I talk about all of them and what they do. There are plants that actually like show signs of toxins in your house because they start to brown over time. Like the leaves, like when there's too many toxins and it absorbs too many toxins, actually like the leaves start to get brown, which is crazy. I mean, cool. it's like, so the plants thing is so fascinating to me, Yeah, but being like very intentional about the plants you buy, um, if you don't want to join the Facebook group and see that, or you can't find the, the thing in my Instagram account, just do a Google search for detoxifying plants. I do plan on getting this post up about detoxifying plants in my blog at some point, but it's not there yet. So I just do a quick Google search. And if it's a resource that you trust, then see what they have to say. Yeah. The other thing that I would say to do for clearing VOCs from an, uh, your home would be to open the windows, especially when it's raining. So if it's raining, rain actually ionizes the air. And um, so all of that is going to really help in uh, detoxifying, detoxifying your home. Oh, you can also get a HEPA air filter, but those are kind of expensive. So a HEPA air filter is going to be really helpful if you suspect mold but um, it, it'd be really great for a new build. And honestly, if you have a new build, that would be probably one of my top recommendations is to buy a, a HEPA air filter, like a good quality one. I think that's it. I think it is. That was awesome. You schooled me on so many things. <laughs> Thanks. I get to my design background. Yeah, you're the perfect person to run this show. My podcast. design thesis was on sustainable hotels, actually. So that's so cool. Sustainability research for that. I love that. Okay. So cool. um, do you know whose meal of the week it is? I think it's mine. Okay. I Go. think so. Uh, um, <laughs> so I'm going to call out one that I have on one of them i can't share with you guys yet because it's coming but the other one is similar that i put up on the blog and it's like a one pot lasagna skillet and it's really good so it is a ton of people ask me for like an aip lasagna recipe and just like the stacking and like putting fake cheese on it i was like i don't love i just don't love you know that kind of recipe it's just not exactly like like make fake cheese make you know stack up a thing and it may not you know it's just not what I wanted to do so I was like I'm just gonna make a one pot version so it's like ground beef and there's onions and spinach and mushrooms and the spinach the spinach the zucchini in there is like julienne so it's kind of like lasagna sheets and then there's like a nomato sauce or a tomato sauce and lots of herbs and I wrote this in the blog post that when I made it I was like Daniel look at this lasagna skillet he's like no and then I went away I think made that recipe first back when I did my last NTA workshop weekend and I was like, well, I'm gone all weekend. You're on your own. And then you texted me like, hey, um, it does taste like lasagna. It's really good. And oh. best time of year for zucchinis right now. So love yeah. it. That sounds so good. And if you really wanted good. to make that fake cheese, you could do a zucchini cheese. That would be really good with it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it zucchini would, cheese. It would be good. But something that I found is like a recipe developer is the more and more steps that you put in, like the main goal is that you want people to make your stuff. So it's like, if I'm already asking people to make a tomato sauce, like, and a cheese, it's like, I'm, it's a, a lot of work. So, so true. So it's like the, le if you're looking for a quick tip for recipe development, make it easy for people to follow. That's your goal is to give them something to make that they'll actually make. So that's it this week, I guess. Yeah, that's it for this week. Um, we did get a review. Thank you, kind soul, for your review after last week. We, If you would like to leave us a review, you can do so on iTunes. We would really appreciate it. And the Facebook group, you guys, you can 
join up on that. The link is always in the show notes, or you can just search Unbound Healing Podcast in Facebook. And our email is unboundhealingpodcast at gmail.com. I think that we both get a ton of questions like through Instagram and through our personal email, but we cannot give, like when I give answers through Instagram, it's like one sentence because there's like, right now, like as I'm sitting here, I have like 60 unread Instagram messages and I went like one day not answering. Like that's when people get super offended that they don't get like a, like a really awesome answer on Instagram. That's part of why it's because it's just so much. And it's like, I just can't give like a grad answer for everybody. But here, like the podcast is to give everybody rad answers that wants them. Well, that is it for today. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Unbound Healing Podcast. Be sure to subscribe in iTunes and leave us a review. Until next time, you can find more from me, Anne, at grassfedsalsa.com and more from Michelle at unboundwellness.com. We'll see you next week. Bye.